This is episode number 89 of Patrick Jones Baseball. On this episode, we have Chaz Pippett, who is the owner of Baseball Rebellion. Uh, Chaz is someone who has been giving lessons and working with players for several years now. Actually talks a little bit about how he got started um, in baseball, which is a pretty cool and unique story uh, versus some of the other players who uh, started playing when they were you know, really young. Chaz didn't start even playing until he was 16 years old. So very cool stuff. They have a really good program down at Baseball Rebellion. Um, Chaz talks a little about it. They have seven different – they have seven, They have guys from seven states that travel to Baseball Rebellion every single week. So Baseball Rebellion is in North Carolina. They have guys coming from seven states every week. Talks a little bit about how they train their players and why they train them this way. And, and um, I think um, if you're a player or coach out there, you could probably learn – um, a little bit of kind of how they do stuff and maybe implement that into your own program. So um, if you haven't already, please head on over to iTunes and rate and leave a review. Um, that really helps the rating of the show and it helps more listeners find this show and so we can continue to grow and, and get more guests on and do more episodes. So if you guys wouldn't mind doing that as well, um, that would be awesome. I'd really appreciate it. And without further ado, here is Chaz Pippet. All right, and we are now live with Chaz Pippett, who is the owner of Baseball Rebellion. Chaz, thanks for coming on today. Patrick, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate the opportunity. So give me kind of a little bit of background just on yourself um, throughout the game in baseball. Sure. So I have kind of a, a long and winding story, and I'll be as brief as I can. So I didn't really start playing baseball seriously until I was 16 years old. Um, I started breaking my foot playing basketball and uh, my dad said, you know, maybe baseball's the way to go. And I said, okay, well, I'll give it a shot. And, you know, two years later, I'm committed to a top 10 school in the country and I'm, and I'm at NC state. And, uh, and I got there and I had never lifted a weight in my life. I look around and I'm 160 pounds and there's grown men in this locker room. And it doesn't matter that you're fast and strong and can jump because everyone's fast and strong and, um, they know how to play and you don't. So that became very, very apparent very quickly that my skills uh, were lagging quite behind. You know, running a 6-6 in the ACC, they just throw you out at first base by, by half a step instead of a full step, you know. So <laughs> I ended up leaving there and going to UNC Asheville actually to play basketball. That didn't work out, so I went back to baseball too. And I finished up there when I got out of school. Um, you know, I was either going to go to law school or, or do something like that. And I decided that I was going to run camps for this guy in Durham, North Carolina or Hillsboro, North Carolina, which is where I live now. Durham is. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm doing this camp thing and I'm told my family I'm not going to get a graduate degree. And that went over about as well as you can imagine. And so uh, I'm doing these lessons in a barn. I did 8000 lessons in a barn um, next to a horse, which is kind of funny because I'm terrified of horses. And um, I'm doing these lessons outside and when it was cold and we're talking year round, seven days a week. So it's cold and I'm building fires for parents. So they'll bring their kids <laughs> to me in the winter. And I'm, I'm serving hot chocolate and, you know, people are paying 35 bucks a lesson and making their own change out of a little box and a folder. And I've got a laptop out there and I'm using a flip camera because cell phones didn't have cameras yet or good ones. And I'm trying to do video analysis. And I realized man, my kids just are not doing what the best player, you know, making literally all-star teams and they're, they're making all conference in high school, but they're not 
doing well. You know, I've been around guys that do well. And so how did they do well? What did they do differently? So I started looking at video and I came across this Jose Batista video and I'm watching. I'm like, man, none of my players do that. And so I had a meeting with all my parents and I said, uh, hey, we're going to change what we're doing. And, you know, I've been teaching your children wrong and I'm sorry. And uh, I got fired by 25 percent of my clients on the spot. Wow. And got home that day and I told my wife and she was upset and I was upset, but, but I knew it was the right thing. And, um, we were going into, I guess, seven years ago, we were going into a winter and it was probably July and I was trying to rent this building and, um, they were, it was a Ruritan club, which is like a good Samaritan club around here. I don't know if you guys have that where you are. It's kind of like uh, the Shriners. Okay. And they own the, it's, so they own this building. And so, I was trying to petition to rent the building because it's been vacant for so long. And they said, well, we don't know you. You don't live here. So I got 150 signed letters of recommendation about my character, like as a man, as a person, as a husband, as a businessman, as somebody who's worked hard and lives in Durham and wants to be good. And and they still didn't rent it to me. And I told Megan, I said, Megan, that's my wife's name. I said, if if I can't find a building before the winter, like I'm gonna, I can't, I can't do another winter. I'm not, I'm not gonna be outside. I'm not building fires. I'm just not doing it. And lo and behold, we found a building that would rent to me in in Hillsboro. It was 5,400 square feet. Um, I didn't get paid for six months when I started it, which was also terrifying. And then uh, we made it, and now we've got. 10 employees full-time um and we're in a 13,000 square foot building in durham uh about five minutes from downtown five minutes from duke 20 minutes from rdu international airport we own the building and uh we've got you know five hit tracks machines we've got rapsodo we've got beautiful netting beautiful lights and it's just a testament to the work that the guys have put in to help build it and and that the players have put in to become great. And we've had 31 guys drafted in the last five years. So that's really cool. And, um, we don't have a team program and we, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, uh, we partnered with diamond fit performance and they started our lifting program. So when I say we've had guys drafted they're they're skill trained people and they're not a team program kid from when he was 12 and he got drafted. Now they're not somebody we just lift weights with. Uh, they're somebody we actually train. So your, your building is what, how many, how many feet? 14,000? 13,000. 13,000. And is that all baseball? Like what, like how does that kind of, how many cages do you guys have? So it was all baseball. We have five 47 foot long hitting cages that are all at least 13 to 15 feet wide. Uh, and then we have one 80 foot long pitching cage. Um, we had a team rental area that was super nice, but people you know, wouldn't, weren't renting it to the level that I thought we, we would have. So we ended up renting that place out to Diamond Fit. We put in a 4,500 square foot weight room with 14 squat racks and our, um, you know, treadmill that's so big. You have to like you go so fast. You have to strap yourself into it. Comes here in a few weeks. So we're excited about that. Um, we've got a seating area upstairs for parents to watch. All of our hit tracks are hooked up to 65 inch TVs so everybody can see what's going on. Um, and we have a full time videographer here now who, uh, you know, captures some super premium video for us as well. Yeah, you guys are putting out some really cool content um, on social media. How did you, like, why do you think you were able to go from that smaller building and, like, build up, like, enough clients and um, just make enough money to eventually move into this 
um, massive and really nice building. Like, what do you kind of credit that to? Well, we've never spent a dollar on advertising, so I'm pretty proud of that. And um, the results, I mean, people refer us people all the time. And every week we have people from seven states that come here. So wow. we have regular from Maryland, West Virginia, Virginia, North Carolina, obviously, uh, South Carolina, Georgia, and even some from Tennessee. So every single week, those people make the drive or make the flight. It's amazing. And, uh, you know, I'm from Winston-Salem, and when I was growing up, there wasn't even a baseball facility in our town. You know, I had to drive to Greensboro, which is 45 minutes away, to go hit when I was in high school. Um, if I didn't go hit at a field, like if it was cold or raining or something like that. So the the interesting thing is people – when you give somebody a truly professional service and you genuinely care about about the job that you do, whether it's, uh, you know, selling a car or working with a kid or if you're a physician, my, my family is full of doctors. My father was a surgeon and my sister is an anesthesiologist. I mean, if you genuinely care about people and you can make them better and make them understand that that you are truly invested in the in their children, they will continue to come back. And the best part about us is they're not coming back because we're friendly. They're not coming back because we're funny or nice. I mean, we work with kids. So, of course, there's a, a certain amount of friendliness you have to have to work with children. Right. And that's par for the course. You know, it's not story time in our lessons. It's get better time in our lessons. And because of the measurement tools we have from hit tracks, blast motion, Garmin sensors, um, obviously Rapsodo. We prove improvement every day. And if the kids are getting better on the hit tracks, if they're getting better on the blast, if they're getting better in the games, they're going to keep coming back and they're going to keep enjoying your service because they it's something they can count on and it's something that they uh, trust. Do you like would you normally like, give them stuff to do on their own when they're not there? Absolutely. We give homework every single day. Um, so kids are expected to do their work on their own. It's between five and ten minutes a day and the homework never requires a partner. So their parents never have to be involved. They never have to have a coach. They never have to have a bat. They never have to have a tee, nothing. It's funny I say that since we made the launch angle tee, but we never we never require them to need any stuff. The homework is all movement-based. And just like a teacher in school, they know if you did your homework, and we know if, we know if the kid did their homework because of the amount of lessons we do. We do between ten and 12,000 lessons uh, every year. So hmm. – yeah, it's, it's a very unique business. I know hitting Twitter is going towards uh, group training, and I understand that that's more lucrative from a monetary uh, perspective. I mean, if you can train 10 kids at a time at 30 bucks, that's more that's better than one kid at a time at 60. I understand that. Um, that being said, we've had a lot of success doing it the way we're doing it, and we are exploring some group classes, um, and we'll be doing that in the future for our more advanced clients because of the competitive nature there is really good. But we, we, we want to make sure that people get the individual attention that they, they come to expect from us. And if we're not 100% sure that we can give them the improvement and performance good gains that they're looking for, we're not going to change. So you, you talked about like what you would give them for homework. It wouldn't involve you know a batter or them swinging or needing any help from anybody. What type of what stuff are you, like, are you talking about, like some sort of like movement prep or what would you like kind of um, give them to do? So we have a progression of movement. I put out most of it in the in a, an article I wrote a long time ago called "The Movements That Made the Rebellion," um, and it, it talks about how we use the Rebels Rack and how we train people to turn better. 
Um, it's important to think about training at Baseball Rebellion by understanding a simple concept called non-invasive training. So if you, um, when people think of hitting lessons, okay, they think about, okay, I'm in a cage, I'm hitting a ball, and someone is telling me to change my stride or hold my bat different or change my grip or lower my hands or something like that, right? Right. And so we don't do that. We do all of our learning outside the cage, and we do three or four drills in the cage. The drills are hitting off the tee, hitting underhand front toss, hitting batting practice, or hitting off a spin ball machine. Those are the four drills we do. There's no short bat, long bat, none of that. There's no one-knee drills, one-hand drills, top hand, bottom hand, split grip. Like That stuff doesn't happen here. Um, all of our learning is movement-based, because, and it happens outside of the cage. And the reason that is is because I think most people are very, very deficient in how they think about A, putting force into the ground, and B, understanding how to transfer that force into rotational speed and power. And so we train people how to turn, and then once they realize, oh my gosh, I can turn way faster than I thought I could, that speed just bleeds into their swing naturally. So we had a, a high school team in here with multiple Division One commits and draft prospects in here the other day. There were 12 kids. There were six of them were hitters, six of them were pitchers. I'm going to speak specifically about the hitters. They gained over 300 feet of distance and 15 miles an hour exit speed in 45 minutes of movement work. Holy smokes. But we didn't change any of their bats. We didn't change the drill. We didn't change uh, – there were no external cues. There was no – um, we showed them how to turn with the rebels rack. Yeah. What, what is, what is the rebels rack? I've, I've seen you, I've seen that online before. Can you kind of talk a little about that? I'm kind of curious. Sure. So the rebels rack is a, is a red bar that goes across the chest under the armpits and you hold it in front of your chest, not behind your back. You hold it in front of your chest because it forces you to engage the scaps and pull back with your back as you hold the rack. So you, instead of flapping your arms, your wings, like a chicken and turning in, we want to pull back this way. I know you can't see me, so let me try to explain that. Like you're doing a like a bent over row, okay. like an underhand bent over row. And so um, when you do that, you engage the lat muscles, you engage the scap muscles, you engage you know so many muscle, so much musculature, especially for young kids and uh, female athletes that are underdeveloped or undersized anatomically. So. We allow that engagement just by holding the rack. That prevents us from having to teach a scap load or a rowing action, which I've written about numerous times, ever in our, in our lessons because they're doing it when they're holding the rack. And so it teaches them how to hold their scap as long as they possibly can and, and hopefully turn all the way to contact with a held scap so their body's delivering the blow. Now, they're not hitting anything with the rack. They're just practicing turning. We cue speed, we cue footwork, we cue balance, and then they go back in the cage and we say, hey, remember how fast you went over there? And they're like, yeah. We say, okay, cool. Did you forget how to do that when you walked 15 feet into the cage? And they said, no. So, okay, do that when you swing. Bang. They hit it farther and harder every single time. Wow. That's uh, that's impressive. Yeah, I know you, you mentioned earlier about the spin ball machine. Um that's isn't isn't that kind of a newer uh, newer machine that's out and doesn't it it's is it more so based around like being able to increase spin rate for the pitches? So a spin ball machine allows us to so for instance I had one of the top pitching prospects uh, for his class 
in a lesson with Dave uh, right next to my cage. And then I had one of the top hitting prospects in his class in my cage. And I said, Dave, you know, what is Kyle's uh, spin rate on his fastball? What, and what is his velocity? What is his spin rate on his curveball? And what's the velocity? And he told me, so I, you know, did a little math on my phone and I made those spin rates, uh, like speed adjustments for the, uh, shortness of the cage. So we were 39 and a half feet away from the hitter from the release of the spin ball machine to the back of home plate. So we did the math and then the kid was able to hit a simulated, you know, curveball and a simulated fastball with equivalent spin rates from a top prospect. He struggled at first, then he started figuring it out, you know, hitting is harder than pitching point blank. Uh, I mean, the best pitchers in the world, their batting average against is around 200 best hitting the hitters in the world against those pitchers. I mean, they hit a little better than 200, but not often. So uh, Tyler did a great job of adjusting and started hitting the ball, you know, and I, I put some on Instagram uh, actually last night about him um, where he's hitting a, a 2,600 spin rate curveball over and over and over, you know, 360, 380 feet. And uh, he's 15 years old. Wow. That's that's pretty crazy stuff right there. So what, what, if I were to fly down to your facility from Cincinnati, Ohio, what would be the, like, the first thing that you would do like when I would walk into your facility? Uh, well, everything from the second you walk into the facility to the second you leave is planned. You get a, you'd get an itinerary. Uh, you'd be greeted when you walked in. You'd be given a tour of the facility, and then you'd be ushered into the waiting area or the actual cage area. Um, from there, you would meet your instructor. It'll just say it's me. I do a baseline assessment on the hit tracks uh, consisting of 15 balls off the tee and then 25 uh, front toss pitches. We'd get video. We'd break down the video analysis and we'd compare you to somebody of your age, body type, preferably both. Uh, but if only one or the other is, is available, then that's what we do. And then we explain the difference between their movement quality and yours and why they hit the ball harder or farther than you assuming they do. Okay. Um, that being then from there, you would go out into the training area. You would learn your rebels rack progression, um, which is the standard thing we do for everyone because it isn't hitting, you know, it's not cookie cutter hitting stuff. It's, this is how human beings turn. This is how your front knee works. It flexes and extends. That's it. It doesn't rotate. So we don't want your foot to land closed because that forces your knee to have a ton of pressure and, and torsion on it. We don't want that. So we want your knee to work correctly. We want your have a shearing action inside of the hip side. We want your lumbar spine to be free to move and rotate all the way through its full range of motion. And from there, you'd learn to turn, and then you go back and hit again. And um, we have 100% success rate of making people hit the ball harder or farther in, in minutes. So why do you have so many hit tracks there? Every ball we, te- every ball we hit is tested. So wow. there is never a time where a ball that's hit in our lessons where it's not tested. We do not charge extra for hit tracks. If you're not measuring stuff, you're guessing. So we're videoing, not every pitch, but we're videoing frequently. We're hit tracking or rapsodoing every single pitch thrown, and we're radar gunning every single throw in when we play catch. So that way we can, if, if a kid comes in and he usually is, you know, 85, 86, we'll say, and he's 75, 76 playing catch, and he comes in one day and he's 68, 66 playing catch. We're like, whoa, what's going on? You know, because you don't, you may not perceive that initial, that drop, you know. So that way we can nip stuff in the bud if there's an issue. And that rarely happens, but we know what's going on. And then, you know, inevitably, you know, 
we'll have a kid say, well, you know, I, I threw 80 pitches last night. We're like, well, okay. Well, you got to tell us that before we start playing catch so we can do a little bit of extra recovery, a little bit of extra movement work before we just get into throwing and you don't need to throw a pen today. You know, so stuff like that. And, and again, we don't charge extra for the hit tracks. I can't stress that enough. Um, our lessons are extremely competitive as far as price goes. And with the technology you get with it, they're cheaper than everywhere else because most places charge an extra 20 bucks to use a hit track by the hourly rate. So do you guys do like for to help increase like bat speed, like overload, underload training of some sort or like hit heavy balls or something like that? No. So we overload and underload the body with the rack. So the rack can, can hang, can have resistance on it with resistance bands is what we use because they're inexpensive and, and they can go with people. But we've used Kaiser machine, weight stacks, uh, pneumatic, um, uh, pneumatic resistance. We've used all kinds of different things. We have uh, some proprietary isometrics for activation. Um, but we actually just got some weighted bats to try and test with some of our people that already have excellent turns. So we very strongly believe in, in, and lo- only loading a pattern that makes sense. So for instance, if we were strength coaches and your squat pattern was bad, say your knees really went in as you were squatting, we're not going to put 300 pounds on your back and exacerbate that issue. We're going to correct the movement flaw before we load the movement. And a lot of people, and I think this is a really scary thing in hitting instruction and pitching instruction right now, they say the weight will organize the movement. Well, that's never been the case in strength and conditioning, so why would that be the case in throwing and hitting? Okay. I, I can understand that for sure. I mean, do you, do you think that cuz you're on you're on a, you know, Twitter and and you see some of the the things out there the people who are, you know, they cookie cut everything. Do you think that's because they're doing that because they don't want to learn what what's actually going on and so it's easier to just teach one thing to everybody? I think the more dangerous thing than the cookie cutter thing, honestly, is not measuring. Um, If you're not measuring exit velocity, if you're not measuring bat speed, if you're not measuring spin rate and velocity, you know, how do you know you're better? I mean, again, I I always go back to strength conditioning like or, or sprinting. If I don't, if we're running 100 meter dashes, right, if I'm a sprint coach and I never bring out the stopwatch, how do you know you're faster? It's just your perception. Like, you can have a hitter feel terrible on a day and their hit tracks numbers are great. And I'm like, dude, you need to feel terrible more often. <laughs> I don't have to tell you, like your, your numbers are better. Like, you know, what do you think that $20,000 machine is wrong? You know what I mean? Like, what, what are we talking about? So, or if you're a strength coach and you just said, you know, the weight, none of the weights had, um, had numbers on them. So you didn't know what weight you were lifting. How do you know you're getting stronger? That's so a good point. we want, we force ourselves to measure everything and the investment there in time to gain an informational advantage over our competitors is huge but we continue to look for ways that we're wrong i search i seek out people all the time that literally hate what we do so that i can find out okay do they have value do they have value in helping me find a flaw because you know i don't Obviously, people have their own natural biases towards their own ideas, right? right? So I don't ever want to think or one of my guys ever think that we've got it figured out. We do not have it figured out by any means. That being said, we are working our tails off to figure it out every single day. I mean, I'm already in the office. Uh, I don't. You're in Cincinnati. Are you Central Time or Eastern Time? Eastern Time. 
All right, so I'm Eastern Time, too, and I'm sure you're already at work, too. There's five guys already here. I mean, we're all full-time employees. There's no – we don't do have any part-time employees, not in the, in the entire business. So this is all you do if you work at Baseball Rebellion is you research, you study, you write, you create, you think, you test, you go, and then you do it again. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Chaz, really appreciate you coming down today. This is some really, really cool stuff. And I, it's, it's, I'm still thrown off that you have so many people traveling from all over um, seven different states every week coming to see you guys. That's pretty awesome. And to be clear, they're not coming to see me. They're coming to see our staff. We all teach exactly the same thing. So when pros come in here, we got big leaguers in here right now that I've never met. I've never even seen them hit. Really? I mean, our staff is phenomenal. If they weren't good enough to work with a big leaguer, they can't, they cannot work here, period. My own son, so I have two little boys, a five-year-old and a two-year-old. Neither of them play baseball uh, at this point. Um, and I will never work with either one. If they're not good enough, if my instructors aren't good enough to train my kids and they're not good enough to train professional athletes, they don't work here. Well, here, so, here's another question. How do you, like, what qualifies someone to, to be good enough by your standards? So they, they obviously there's this very stringent interview process. The last time we put out a hitting job application in a week, we had 214 applications. So uh, it was a lot of reading <laughs> to figure that out. They are required to read every single article Baseball Rebellion's ever written and find the ones that we no longer teach. They are required to go through our learning protocols and our certification program that we haven't mat, mat, uh, mapped out yet and, and, and truly announced and made live. But they are required to go through all that they require to demo every single drill we do from a movement perspective and they must teach in front of our our tenured instructor instructors every single lesson they teach for the first however long it takes until they're deemed good enough is taught with a partner so for instance when we hired eric who's our youngest instructor he's 23 or 24 he taught his first i don't know 300 lessons in front of me or tyler or jk and so you're just standing there just watching them. You're not really even like teaching anything. No, no. I mean, obviously it, it's a, it's a tandem teaching there. So he'll, they'll obviously a new instructor will say things that maybe are not as correct as we're looking um, for, but we, we allow them to teach and then we correct right there, right in front of the client. We say, okay, look, instead of saying that, say this instead. And this is why mm. right there. Like parents are totally down with it. They totally get it. Um, we have very few parents in our program or very few players in our program. that are like, well, we only want to work with, you know, Eric, we only want to work with JK. They realize that having a team of people working to make their, their athlete better is it's significantly more intelligent than having one person. Again, my father's a doctor. So is my sister. So they have partners, they have teams of people. They talk about clients or excuse me, patients. They make sure that as a group, they agree on a consensus of quality care. And that's exactly the same thing we do here. So from like an instructor standpoint, since is it, do they make like money based off like every client they bring in or is it kind of like percentage based? Neither. Our instructors are on salary. They all have 401k, paid vacation, um, insurance allowance. It's This is a career. So uh, we've had instructors make uh, almost six figures before, and then our, our starting salary is around 40. Wow. Man, you're killing it down there. We're trying, man. Look, you can't retain excellent talent unless you pay them. Right. I mean, and these guys... 
I'm trusting these guys. I'm mean, my house is on the line, man. My family's on the line. And these paying these parents and these kids and these athletes are trusting us to their careers. Like we take that very, very seriously. Now we have a great time. And and I'm a pretty intense guy, as you can probably tell. But man, I laugh all day long. I smile all day. You know, I, I can't wait to get to work every single day. And uh, not many people can say that. I mean, today's Thursday morning. It's probably 10 o'clock. This is my 43rd hour of work so far this week. I love it. I get to 40 hours every week by Wednesday. I take a lot of pride in that. So now I'm in overtime. And this overtime is, is uh, there's nowhere I'd rather be for the next, you know, 8, 10, 12 hours than right here because I'm making people's better. I'm, I'm making their lives better. I'm giving them opportunity. And, and they're allowing me to teach their children. That's a huge honor. It's a huge opportunity. We take it very seriously. Chaz, you're the man. I appreciate you, your time today. Patrick, thank you so much for having me on. And if there's ever anything I can do for you, let me know. Uh, if people are interested in learning more about, you know, our newest thing, which is BR Premium, I'd love for them to go to BaseballRebellion.com and check it out. And please follow us on Twitter at BR Rebellion and at Launch Angle T. Awesome.